Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of The Snake Pit. And of course, I am joined by the Hall of Famer himself, the master of the DDT, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, we're back for another episode, brother. Yeah, it's cold outside, man. I don't like it. Even down there in hot Atlanta, it's getting chilly. Yeah, I got in the 20s, man. Holy smokes. Is that normal down there? No. It can't be. Well, look, it's been colder than witch's tit up here in Pittsburgh for a while, and uh, I think it's fixing to get a little bit colder. So, man, uh, let's settle in for the winter, right? You're done traveling until uh, what, January? Yeah, I'm going to do a little traveling this week. Go out to L.A. to do a little work for the BBC, do some voiceover work. I'm really excited about doing it, you know, it's something I've been wanting to get into for a long time, just never got the opportunity. But uh, these people finally... They want me. All right, man. <laughs> now, now, can you uh, reveal any of the details behind it? I can't talk about what, what the show is about. Okay. Well, stay tuned, folks. I'm sure we'll be getting updates on both the Snake Pit social media and Jake's uh, social media. So uh, I cannot wait to talk about that. And I can't wait to talk about what we're doing this week. Uh, we're going to continue the discussion about your time in WCCW with our second and final installment installment on the subject. And I want to give a big shout out to uh, Andrew Hermes, who compiled all the research for this episode. He also does research for Arn's podcast, and he's a great follow on social. Check him out at 30 Year Fan on X. Uh, before we get going, too, I also wanted to mention that we have something really special happening on YouTube this week. We are wrapping up our discussion about WCCW because the worldwide debut of the Iron Claw is just days away, and it seems like a good time to tell Jake's story. Well, we are also telling another side of the story with someone Jake worked with and helped to develop in WCCW, Baby Doll, Nicola Roberts. I spoke with her about this period of time, and we are releasing that conversation as a YouTube exclusive full episode, which will be available this Friday as this podcast is dropping. She was brand new to working as a talent wrestling at this time, and she has some absolutely must-hear stories. So get over there and get subscribed right now so you can check it out. It's youtube.com slash at snakepitpod. So, Jake, uh, with all that out of the way, you ready to get rolling on this subject? Why don't we? 
Why don't we indeed? Uh, so when we left off, yourself, Gino, and Chris had just defeated the Von Ericks for the six-man tag team titles in the Cotton Bowl after Chris had turned heel and turned his back on the Von Ericks. Uh, the titles were created in 1983 with the sole purpose of having somebody or something for the Freebirds and Von Ericks to fight over, but the belts were a really big deal in this territory at the time. Uh, as we discussed last time, you were certainly feeling disenchanted when it came to your pay with the company, and the Von Erichs could be a mess at times. But I have to ask, like, as a guy who just is loves the business, and I mean, you know, it respects everything there is about wrestling. Did you feel like it was pretty special to get a title victory over one of the most famous families in Dallas? It was big. It was big at the time. You know, certainly for the territory, it was the best thing that could have happened. Uh, and it was done on the biggest stage. So they really wanted to pop for, for um, Chris Adams. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted to really put it out there. They hoped that he'd be able to carry it for a while. Well, he did a hell of a job here as a heel. I mean, even just now watching back some of this footage, like you can see the crazy heat that he's getting. And yeah, I mean, like putting those those belts on you guys here is like, you know, we, we should not understate that. It's a really big deal in this territory to get those six-man tag team titles, especially against Savon Eric. So pretty, pretty awesome spot to be in. Yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like it's an awesome spot but from what you were telling me it's like the amount of pay you're receiving does not exactly correlate with the spot that you are on the card right yeah i couldn't live on what they were paying me you know i think that you revealed before that it, it comes in at something like it may be an average of like 700 dollars a week and a lot of people are going to hear that and say like hey 700 bucks a week like that's a living wage like that's pretty good let's 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 keep in context here jake is coming from georgia where he was making great money uh, Mid-South prior where he was making great money, like $700 a week for a wrestler is not in incredible money uh, based on context, right, Jake? Absolutely not. You know, you get to, you take the 700 and you take two or 300 off, off the top just for travel expenses. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's 200 gone. You've got a wife and children at this time. It's like, man, that's a lot of responsibility on $500 or so per week. It's just not going to cut it, right? No, it wasn't cutting it at all, man. Well, another big happening here in November is that Kerry Von Erich is going to face Ric Flair inside of a steel cage as Flair defends the NWA title. And this is coming, of course, after earlier in the year, Kerry defeated Rick for the championship at the David Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions in Dallas before dropping the belt back to Flair less than 20 days after. Uh, Flair said that David was the best worker of the Von Erichs, Jake. Uh, I, I know that he had passed away months before you came to Dallas, but did you ever get to meet David Von Erich? Yes, I did. He was, uh, he was certainly the best one out of the bunch as far as wrestling talent goes. You know, it's interesting uh, hearing that because, like, you look at them, you know, in their 8x10s, and, like, the guy who really comes off the, the screen or comes off the page is Kerry Von Erich. I mean, he's he's a handsome guy. He's in unbelievable shape. So it's like you look at him, and it's like, hey, there's the star. But not only yourself, but Ric Flair, and I've heard many others say, like, nope, the really talented one was David. Yeah, absolutely. He, he knew what he was doing out there, and he carried himself really well. And... uh he was just a pleasure to work with. Now, you said you had met him, did, like, and now you're saying to work with. Did you actually step into the ring with David? I didn't. I didn't get the opportunity, damn it. 
that is a bummer. But I mean, uh, you being like a seasoned guy who grew up in professional wrestling, you can just watch his matches and say like, okay, whatever it is, this guy's got it, right? Yeah, absolutely. He had it, man. The fans loved him. Hell, everybody loved him, man. He was a good guy. Man, a shame that he passed away. And like, really, it's from based on the research that I was doing, it was like, it's it's kind of hard to say how he passed away. Like, some people are saying it's an overdose. Some people are saying it's an illness. What have you heard? I've heard it was an overdose also. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of he said, she said when it comes to the whole situation. So I, I'm certainly not qualified to speak on the matter. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people have got different opinions. So it's, it's interesting to hear yours. So I've talked to you a bunch, uh, you and a bunch of other guys from your generation about belts and pretty much unanimously. Everybody says the same thing about belts, where it's just another heavy thing that you have to carry in your bag and it doesn't really mean anything. That being said, it seems like most guys feel differently about the NWA world title. And uh, Ted DiBiase has actually told me that it's one of his greatest career regrets that he never got to hold that belt. Uh, Jake, do you hold that belt in the same regard? Yeah, I do. I love the NWA and, that, and what it stood for. And now, would you say that that's a regret from your career, not getting to, to hold that title? Absolutely. Uh, all that being said, why do you think Carrie, or what what was your opinion on it when Carrie was awarded that title? When Carrie was, yes, sir. I was shocked, uh, amazed, uh, and a little worried because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't know what Carrie was going to do. You know, you didn't know if he's going to show up, what kind of shape he's going to be in when he got there. And nobody ever accused Kerry of being a great worker. You know, he, he excited people, but boy, that excitement sometimes was a heavy cost. <laughs> so even when he was, like, straight-minded, you don't feel that his work was really quite up to snuff? Oh, yeah, definitely not. What do you think it was about him? I mean, you know, because Kevin Von Erich is kind of considered a great worker. Kerry just kind of didn't have the physicality down or what? Well, he had the physicality down and all that, but he's just, he, he, he reminded me of a 17-year-old. Okay. You know, just young and happy and full of fun and not a care in the world. Which would, of course, catch up with him, um, you know, certainly with a motorcycle accident, which we're going to be talking about soon. Um, it's safe to say that Kerry's short run here with the title was completely due to his reputation of being unreliable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like a historically short run, less than 20 days with that title. I mean, unheard of back in those days. So pretty crazy that they put the belt on him only to take it so fast. Well, I'm sure they were worried. <coughs> I'm sure they were too. I mean, this guy's representing the NWA as, as the champion, and you have to rely on him to make all these towns and travel across the United States and Canada. And it's like, man, he might not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have bet on him. Uh, so Flair is going to go on to work with Gino here in WCCW, which is kind of weird because both guys are heels in Dallas. What do you think was the logic in pairing the two of them together? For, for, a, good, for a great wrestling match. Okay, so it's not heel versus baby face. It's like, let's just see a great match. Just have a great match. Was there ever any discussion of putting you with Flair during this time? No. 
it's something I just certainly would have loved to have seen. And we actually discussed when you and Flair did meet uh, recently on an ad free shows exclusive episode in mid South. So if you guys haven't heard that one yet, go out of your way, to check it out. It's from November, 1985. Uh, speaking of November, Thanksgiving star Wars will take place on November 22nd in 1984. And instead of being in the sportatorium, it's going to take place at the, the reunion arena in Dallas. Jake, any memories of working in reunion arena as compared to the fabled sportatorium? A lot of empty seats. <laughs> there was a lot of empty seats. Would you say that you guys had a lot more success in the Sportatorium? Well, the Sportatorium was a small venue. Okay. You could pack it out fairly easily. But you don't go to some place where you can put 2,500 people and go to some place that you can put 17,000 people in it. So. I yeah. got you. I got you. So like on film, it's like the sportatorium looks jam packed to the rafters and looks awesome. But then once you get to reunion arena, it's like, eh, maybe not so much with a smaller crowd. Yeah. You could have shot a shotgun off and not hit anybody. <laughs> That's the case here, but we're going to talk about it soon. A little bit down the road, you guys are going to fill that place up. We'll get there in a minute. Um, Jake, uh, interestingly, your partners, Gino and Chris are both going to be working singles matches at the event. Uh, so you've got a new tag team partner as you take on Kerry Von Eric and Iceman Parsons. Let's drop in on the end of this match for our first clip this week. Akolovich checking. Akolovich. No way. Jake the Snake continues to put that pressure on Iceman King Parsons. Son of the great Gene Kaniski, former world champion. A neckbreaker by Kaniski. Kaniski want to go in with a knee drop across the neck. One. Oh, but Iceman pulls it up. Iceman tough to handle. Kaniski and Roberts have got it going right now in the corner. Five minutes gone in this bout. Oh, Kaniski getting some suggestions for Jake the Snake. Fires in, here comes the Iceman. A miss by Kaniski. Oh, what a left hit by Iceman. A chop. And Jake the Snake comes in, and all mayhem breaks loose. Everybody's after. There goes Ice over in the top rope. And now they got Kerry Von Eric, Kaniski, and Jake the Snake. Pounded away on Kerry. And Kerry handles one and the other. It's a fist cup center right now. But there's a roll up by Iceman. Two, three, Iceman beats Kaniski. Iceman gets Kaniski, and Kerry Von Eric and Iceman are the winners. 
There they are, the winners. And here's Mark Lewis. All right, Jake. Well, what did you think of that, watching it back all these years later? All right. Not too bad, right? People were with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, as soon as Iceman kind of started to make his comeback, and then, of course, Kerry gets in there, I mean, that crowd started to really come unglued, huh? Well, yeah, it's a shame that Iceman made his own comeback. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by that? Well, if you've been selling like you've been selling, you should make that big hot tag and let the fresh guy come in there and make the big get the big pop. Oh. And he's just come out of it and fought back and fucking took over. They killed all the heat. You know, it's funny. I've watched a ton of wrestling, Jake, and I didn't even put the, those pieces together as I was watching that comeback. He did. You're right. He should have had the hot. It killed the hot tag. Yeah, he just left it out. All right, let's hit the pause button real quick to talk about a partner that is near and dear to my heart. I'm talking about AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Guys, before AG1, I used to wake up every morning and I was taking a bunch of multivitamins and supplements and I hated it. I mean, getting all that stuff was expensive. And then once you're done, you know, swallowing all those pills and vitamins and supplements, you don't even have an appetite for your breakfast anymore. So once I got fed up with that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try doing a healthy smoothie every single morning. Well, the smoothies tasted good, but you have to go and get all the ingredients, and then it takes time to measure out portions. And then when you're done, it takes even more time to thoroughly clean the blender and make sure that you get underneath all those blades. And it was just eating up so much of my time. I needed a simple, singular solution that would cover all my nutritional bases, would give me more energy through the day, and would give me better gut health, something that would support my immune system, especially with my young daughter coming home from daycare with a bunch of germs on her hands and coughing. And, you know, it's if you've ever had a toddler, you know that once they get home uh, from daycare, they're just like little carrier monkeys. They've got all kinds of germs, and all of a sudden, you yourself are getting sick all the time. I needed something to help me and AG1 was the solution. And after more than a year with that, I can say I've never been happier with my morning routine or felt healthier. AG1 made life easy for me by providing 75 high quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients by simply mixing one scoop with water. That's it, I drink it, I'm done. More time to spend with my family, more time to get work done, simple cleanup, and the energy and health to tackle every obstacle that gets put in my way. It's an easy micro habit that delivers macro results. If you got a family and a budget like I do, I know what your next question is because it would be my next question. How much does it cost? Well, we're talking about less than $3 a day. You know, my wife every morning is going to uh, the gas station or Starbucks uh, in order to get, you know, some kind of a special coffee or a snack or something like that to get her morning started. Not anymore. She and I are wrestling over the AG1 every morning to see who can get theirs first. And uh, let me say, we both broke our bad habits and we're saving money on a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients with AG1. That is a giant win-win in my house. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com forward slash snake. 
That's drinkag1.com forward slash snake, S-N-A-K-E. Check it out, guys, and I know that you're going to love it just like I do. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Interesting. And look, while we're talking about Iceman Parsons, I've got to ask, you know, he's pretty over with the crowd. Uh, do you have any memories of the guy in general? No, not really. Not, not I want to go into. Okay. So maybe some not so fond memories of Iceman? Yeah. 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 He, uh, later on, he came over to Louisiana to the Superdome. And, uh, was asked to wrestle me, and he refused. Really? Yeah. Why? He didn't want to lose. <laughs> uh, do you have any recollection of what year that might have been? What? what? Uh, do you remember what year that might have been? Like 85, maybe? Yeah, 85. Okay. And so he's coming into the territory, Mid-South, it's got to be. and He's coming into the territory. You're one of the hottest heels they have there, and he didn't want to take a loss to you. Yeah, didn't want to take a loss. Did you ever, like, talk to him about it? Fuck no. So it's one of those things where after he refuses, you're like, okay, fuck this guy, and you just never talk to him again. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. That's really bizarre kind of behavior, especially for a guy who is uh, evidently kind of new to that territory. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I mean, uh, what about him and his look overall? I mean, do you feel like a missed opportunity for a guy that size with that look with Vince? He missed it with Vince. Vince would have done something with him. Yeah, I mean, that that guy, that look, it feels like he's tailor-made for a, a bigger territory and action figures and T-shirts and all that kind of thing. Uh, do you think that he had enough under the hood as a performer, though, to, to sustain more success? I'm unsure about that. We saw that bump that he took on the uh, clothesline from Kaniski, and it was pretty unimpressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I know Gene Kaniski, but his son Kelly is a guy I've never heard of before I started doing research on this one. Uh, do you have any memories of Kelly Kaniski at all? Oh, yeah. Kelly was a good kid, man. Uh, you know, he, he tried his best, man, to make it in wrestling, but he just couldn't do it. You know, he didn't have his father's ways or, or his ability to work and uh he didn't last long no according to my research he was out of wrestling by 1988 so just four years after this and he is out yeah uh what about his father gene kaniski you spent a lot of time around him i wrestled him did you really yeah <laughs> what was that like we did we did 45 minutes that is a hell of a long match. Yeah, it was. Uh, would that have been while you were in Calgary? Yeah, uh, that would have been when I was in uh, uh, British Columbia. Okay. West. Okay. And, I mean, 45 minutes with a with an old timer. Uh, how would you say the match went? I didn't like it. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Why is that? Well, 
you know, the guy, the guy was probably 70 years old. For real? Yeah. And he looked 70. His skin was flappy. I mean, he's built like a rail. <laughs> Pale, white, pasty skin. Yeah, he was just, he was a monster. Yeah, right. I can't believe a dude that's that old and that kind of like thin, frail is going 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't let anybody take that title. So you put him over, too. Damn right. Two straight falls. <laughs> two straight. Unvi- so it was a best of three, and you gave him two straight. Yep. Holy smokes. Uh, safe to say you're walking out of that, re- that arena a little bummed out? Uh, bummed out. The people are cussing me out for doing it. And shortly after there, I left. Uh, understandably so. Yeah. Uh, well, as I mentioned, Chris Adams is in the main event here, continuing the story with Kevin Von Erich. Gino is defending the NWA Texas title against Mike Von Erich. So to me, it's it's a little bit puzzling not to just put you in a singles match against Kerry since you guys had been feuding with the Von Erichs. I mean, it's cool that you're teaming up with Kaniski's kid and stuff, but can you think of any reason why they would have gone that route? I have no idea at all, man. I figured it was a long shot to ask you all these years later, but it just like jumped off. Like, why not just Jake and Kerry? It just makes more sense. I probably didn't want to put Jake and Carrie on the card because we would have shown up some people. Oh, you think that's what was at the yeah. core of it? Yeah. See, my first thought was like, okay, maybe like they were afraid that Carrie is going to show up under the influence and they wanted to like mask it in a tag team match. No. I don't know. It, like, and, and really, like, how foolish is it now you've got to pay four guys for one match as opposed to paying two guys for a match? Yeah. I don't get it. Um, well, the next big show will be Christmas Star Wars, which will also take place at Reunion Arena. And this time, Jake, they fill it up with 20,000 fans in attendance for this event. Um, so we discussed last time that WCCW was in decline. And certainly what we said earlier pointed it out that, you know, they, they were just unable to fill up the arena. But here they're drawing this massive house. Uh, I know you don't likely know any exact numbers, but like, are you getting some kind of a bump or a Christmas payoff, or how would that, something like that go? It wasn't much. <laughs> okay, so like maybe like a couple hundred extra or something. Yeah, probably. And I mean, uh, with twenty thousand people coming to Reunion Arena, I don't imagine it's an expensive building to run. I mean, Fritz has got to be making a damn killing. I don't think so. You don't think? Nope. I mean, maybe they they were doing some kind of a Christmas like half off thing, which I've heard that Fritz would do pretty often back in those days. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, at this one, yourself and Gino are going to be taking on Mike Von Eric and Billy Jack Haynes. Let's have a look at how this one is going to end up. Gino you know, trying to work around to get a good position, and that position's in the corner where Jake the Snake Roberts holds fourth. Gino pops fourth. Jake the Snake Roberts. Whoa, look out. Billy Haynes exploded on him, and here's Mike Butter coming in. And Jake the Snake is a little worried over Mike as he comes rambunctiously out to do battle. Up and over. And Mike causing Jake the Snake to back off. 
And don't forget, world-class championship press will be in Austin this week. Whoa! Gino Hernandez helping Jake the Snake stop, and Mike Von Erich hits the neck. Right back again. Here's Bill Hayes in, and the big bruiser battles on Gino. Whoa! Mike Von Erich dropped on the top rope. Michael Libby trying to keep order. Here's Jake the Snake up. And Bill Hayes and Gino continue to go after it. Mike Von Erich with the claw on Jake the Snake Roberts. Mike Von Erich from nowhere comes up with his father's famous iron claw. We thought Mike probably would learn that someday, but suddenly, here it is for the first time. Mike Von Erich has used the iron claw on Jake the Snake Roberts and using it effectively. Bill Haynes keeping Gino Hernandez away. Mike Von Erich with a count of three, and he beats Jake the Snake Roberts with the iron claw that he learned from his father and from his brothers. Mike Von Erich comes up with the iron claw of Jake the Snake Roberts, and Mike Von Erich and Bill Haynes are the winners. And we'll be back for more excitement. Right now, let's get Ralph Porter. The winners in three minutes and 48 seconds, Mike Von Erich and Billy Haynes. All right, so there it is. That's how your Christmas ends uh, with the Iron Claw, Jake. Very syphilis. <laughs> Very syphilis. Yeah, yeah. happy gonorrhea. <laughs> Uh, man, uh, the Iron Claw, very, very over in Dallas. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a lot like the DDT. I mean, anytime it happens, there's a big reaction. Of course, it's a big part of Fritz's legacy. Um, I mean, objectively, Jake, the Iron Claw is a finish. What do you think? Well, it's, it's okay as a finisher, but how many people can do it? <laughs> right. All of a sudden, you got three or four people doing it. All the Von Erichs did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you know, Mike, at his size, to put it on you, and yeah. Yeah, he's not a huge guy, and certainly, like, he's brand new to pro wrestling here at this time, and uh, it's just, it, it looked weird having him snatch you up like that. Yeah, it looked real weird. Nobody bought that. No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, do you feel that the Iron Claw, though, is something that could still be used in wrestling today? No. I don't I don't see it getting over with a modern audience. No, not at all. Uh, we're going to be sharing that video on social media for our listeners to see. And I actually had to go back and watch it twice because I was shocked to see that, that when he pulled his hand away from your head, you were bleeding from the claw. Um, so on the second look, I could see you actually getting your blade out of your wrist tape as soon as he logged, uh, he locked it on. And then you, you gig yourself while his hand was still on your head. Uh, yeah. Jake, why the blood from the iron claw? It's what they wanted. <laughs> okay. So, so going into this match, they're like, yeah, so you need to uh, blade whenever he puts the claw on you. I fuck. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Like, uh, I'm just trying to wrap my, like, he's squeezing it so hard that it just creates a cut on your head. Oh, yeah, he popped, he popped my head like a pimple. <laughs> it's pretty strange stuff. Um, 
Jake, I, I also have to ask, you know, as I'm looking at it, he's like kind of whirling you around and you're struggling against the claw. Like, how in the hell do you avoid cutting either his hand or going too deep on yourself whenever you're blading well, during that? Didn't really care at the time. If his hand in a move, he got cut, that's for sure. Yeah, and like at one point, it looks like you like almost lose your balance or something. And that hand, I can see you've got you've got the blade there, and your hand kind of comes down. I'm like, Jesus, he's gonna like cut his abdomen. <laughs> like, yeah. like, man, it was it was a little reckless out there. Not you, but just like the spot was reckless. Yeah, I should have went ahead and cut his abdomen <laughs> and get get a little of your heat back after bleeding from getting grabbed by a 180 pound dude. Oh yeah, it was, it was real impressive, man. <laughs> <laughs> So look, uh, by the end of this episode, we're going to do a little bit of discussion about the Von Erichs in general, just to kind of prep everybody for the Iron Claw. Uh, yeah. But for but for right now, let's talk about Billy Jack Haynes, a uh, big muscular dude. He's going to find himself in the WWF at actually right around the same time as when you debut. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about Billy? Billy was a horse, man. You know, he was built like a brick shit house, man. He he had all the he had all the muscles he needed, man. But he, he under the hood, he was ooh, he was out there. Okay, so like under the hood is in like his wrestling skills, or just him as a dude, maybe a little off. Him as a human being. Okay, he, he was off. Like how so? Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. There was, you know, he wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know. He was more like a butter knife. <laughs> Man, it's like you take a look at that guy, like what an 8 by 10 he's got, not a bad-looking dude, super jacked up, and it's like, okay, this guy tailor-made for Vince and what he wants to accomplish in the WWF, and then he only lasts like two years there. Yeah, well, that's because he was you know, goofy. Yeah, I've heard he, uh, so uh, this is not the first time I've actually heard that about Billy and just that he was a little bit off and could be a little bit difficult to deal with behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to the final show of the year, which is actually going to take place on New Year's Eve in 1984 in Fort Worth. It's the six-man tag team titles on the line as yourself, Gino, and Chris defend against Carrie, Kevin, and Mike. Let's have a look at our final clip this week. Gary Hart wants Adams to calm down as Kerry still on Jake the Snake. This bout is far from over. We're showing it all that we can here on Championship Sports. Be here in person each week to see it all. There's the leapfrog by Kerry. Look out. It's a clothesline sleeper by Jake Roberts. The Snake trying to put Kerry to sleep. with confidence. Adams reaching over. World heavyweight belt sitting on the table. Take the snake Roberts with a lock on Kerry Von Erich. Over in the corner, Carrie, does he get a tag? Mike certainly gets a tag on Take the Snake with a fist. And here we go. Mike Von Erich, oh, Jake Roberts over. 
Mike Von Erich with a fist. Jake the Snake with a leapfrog. Takes it down with a DDT. Holy cow. The DDT sent Mike Von Erich down and down hard. Terry smashes Dick the Snake. He falls over Mike. Look out. have won it. Kevin on Chris Adams, it's mayhem, but the Von Erichs have won it. The winners in 14 minutes and 10 seconds and new world six-man tag team champions, the Von Erichs. All right, so the Von Erichs grabbed those six-man tag team belts. Jake, what did you think of that finish? Sucked. Uh, what, so when I, as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, I guess if Jake is going to take a pinfall loss to Mike Von Erich, maybe that's the way where it's like carry interferes. But what do you what do you feel sucked about it? You just stoked. You stoked to high heaven. Is that the best way you can do it? A schoolboy? Oh my god. <laughs> Plus, it's like, you know, I know that Kerry is famous for, like, his discus punch, uh, but that was not a discus punch. He just punched you. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's like, I, I, I guess it's an okay way for you to put Mike over, but, man, it's uh, left left a little bit to be desired there on New Year's Eve. There was a lot uh, more that should have been done. Yeah, I think so, especially in front of a crowd that's that hot. Uh, man, it's, it, it's a missed opportunity. It was. Well, speaking of finishes, Jake, you are going to finish up with WCCW in the spring of 1985, and this would mark really your kind of last big high-profile match in the territory. Uh, what can you tell us about deciding to leave the company and making your arrangements to return to Mid-South? Well, I just couldn't afford to stay any longer, man. Uh, the money was so bad that uh, it just, you know, it was crazy to stay. So I got on the phone to Bill Watts, and um, they said, sure, come on over. So simple as that. It's you're back up to Mid-South. At this time, your relationship with Watts, I take it, was not terrible? Wasn't terrible, no, not at the time. Okay. Now, I mean, there's, an, there's another element here, and that's, it. again, you have a wife and kids. Were you and Cheryl living in Dallas at this time? Yeah, we were living in Denton, Texas, about 30 miles out of Dallas. Okay, so I know that you guys had originally lived together in Georgia, so whenever you got the opportunity in Dallas, you packed it up, packed her up and the kids, moved to Dallas, and now you're telling her, like, hey, got to move again. Yeah. We had no children at the time. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you had had your kids. No. We, she got pregnant uh, when I went into uh, Mid-South. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that does make it a little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, do, do you re remember if you had a house in Denton or were you guys renting? It was an apartment. Okay. Well, that uh, that simplifies things a little bit. No kid. You're not trying to sell a house. You can just go. Right. Right. Okay. 
Well, Jake, let's get to the part that I know a lot of fans are going to want to hear about. You suffered two high-profile pinfall losses to Mike Von Eric here, who Fritz was trying to introduce to the audience to just get him over with that local crowd the way that he had with his with his other sons. How did you feel about putting the younger, smaller Von Eric over in general? Oh, it sucked. You know, I mean, um, it was just wrong. You know, there was no sense in that happening. I understand you're trying to get him over, but don't try to get him over with the iron claw. Mm -hmm. Do something else. But uh, they all wanted to be so strong. They didn't want to sell anything. So there goes the problem. Frustrating. And, you know, uh, not not exactly fair to Mike, I don't think, either at this point in his career where he's brand new and he's getting put in, put in these spots. And, I mean, look, it's pretty much unanimous among fans. Like, you know, the best of the Von Eriks is David. The worst is Mike. And uh, that's, that's kind of what everybody has to say about it, including other workers. Uh, I don't know if it's fair because Mike was so new, but I don't know. What was your take, Jake? Yeah, it was totally unfair, man. But, you know, what is fair in wrestling, you know? Boss's son looks pretty good, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was certainly programmed to look that way. But if I remember right, Jake, at one point you had told me that he was sort of forced into wrestling. Yeah, I don't think he really wanted to do wrestling, man. That's the way I heard it. I wanted him to do it here in Von Eric. Yeah, the rumor I've heard was that he wanted to work in the industry, but he wanted to be like a cameraman. He wasn't actually interested in stepping into the ring. Yeah, that's what I'd heard too. Well, most people listening to this are going to know the tragic story of the Von Eric, so I won't get into all of that. I mentioned earlier that uh, we've got a YouTube exclusive episode that's going to be made available later this week with myself and Baby Doll. And she mentioned an instance where there was a huge storm outside of an arena one day with lightning crashing pretty constantly. And Carrie ran out into the storm and held on to a metal flagpole. Uh, we've also heard. Bret Hart talk about Carrie referencing suicide during their conversations in the WWF. Uh, Jake, did you ever witness any of this red flag behavior from Carrie? I didn't witness any of it. I'll hear about it afterwards. Now, uh, do you happen to remember that? Because Baby Doll was only in the territory while you were there. Do you happen to remember this instance where he's grabbing a flagpole in a storm? Sure didn't. I sure didn't hear about it. Man, it's scary and uh you know sad to be sure and it you know it goes on to get more sad for carrie he's gonna lose uh his his foot in a motorcycle accident um and he's gonna be working with a prosthetic by the time he makes it back up to the wwf where you are um apparently he was pretty guarded about showing his prosthetic and would allegedly shower with a boot on did you ever see any of that yeah yeah he wouldn't take it off I mean, sad that, you know, here's Carrie. It's this incredible physical specimen, and he's kind of uh, hobbled. But, I mean, did you feel like it limited him in the ring? He still seemed like he could do stuff. He could do he could do anything he wanted in the ring. Pretty impressive, uh, I mean, for anybody to be able to work in a ring with a prosthetic on. Uh, did you get to spend a lot of time with Carrie during his WWF run? A little. A little. Would you call him a friend? I wasn't that close. Okay. So it's friendly, but not your friend. Right. 
Uh, do you think that Vince could have done more with him, or did he get all that he could out of Kerry at that stage? I think he got all he could out of Kerry at that stage. Between the leg and the addiction, it's like, man, Vince putting the Intercontinental title on him feels like a bit of a reach to me. So it's, you know, uh, it's it sounds like he did his best. Yeah, Vince uh, tried, but it, it didn't work. Well, last question before we put a pin in the WCCW subject for good. Uh, Jake, the Von Erich family story is certainly tragic, but do you feel like the tragedy is their legacy or was their footprint in wrestling bigger than the stuff that happened outside of the ring? I don't know how it couldn't be their legacy. You know, to lose three sons, all suicides, it just doesn't get it. Man, it's it's awful, and it's it's hard to go back and watch the dark side of the ring. I know it's going to be hard to see the Iron Claw movie, um, you know, with all that tragedy and, and the way it's going to be played up on screen. Um, it's, uh, you know, silver lining. Kevin Von Erich has, has turned everything around, and uh, now his sons are both uh, working for MLW, and I think that they're actually going to be coming to make an appearance for uh, AEW here uh coming up in dallas uh, jake uh do you feel like there's still a place for the von erickson pro wrestling i think there's a place if somebody wants to use them but uh it'll never be what it was yeah gonna be hard to recapture that magic and certainly with all the publicity on uh all the tragic things that have happened to the family jake i appreciate you talking to me about wccw i know it's not your favorite time from your career and, and you know certainly the story of the von Ericks is not fun to talk about but you know it's it's a part of your career that doesn't get covered very often and i, I feel like we did a pretty good job of it do you feel like i missed anything no i think you covered it man good well look it's it's been fun and uh, we're gonna have more fun next week here on the show uh you know certainly we're gonna have uh, a fun subject for everybody and, and jake i'll catch you down the road all right see you next week guys if you're looking to attract that 25 to 54 year old male demographic to your product or service why haven't you gone to advertise with snake.com yet jake is still a legitimate household name he's over like rover he's on aew tv i mean those are all the elements you need for a successful ad campaign and we've got them and we're going to be able to target the exact audience that you need if you need evidence that it works just listen to our show we are always advertising for the same businesses because once they advertise with us they realize that the stuff that we do works head to advertise with snake.com and team up with the hall of famer jake the snake roberts jake the snake shop.com is your destination for rare sign collectibles straight from the man himself autograph figures shirts eight by tens and much more if you're a collector seriously this website is like heaven there's a little something for everybody maybe you've got a little extra holiday cash on you and you're looking to spend it to enhance your wrestling collection this is the spot go right now to jake the snake shop.com add a brand new centerpiece to your wrestling collection you guys have got to get over to cameo.com slash Jake Snake to get a personal message from the Hall of Famer himself. Here's a review from Anonymous. It's been a while since I first watched the cameo you sent me. You've been an inspiration to stay clean. I want to keep it going. I was in a bad place when I asked for your help and didn't give you much info about myself. I'm 28, big fan of wrestling. I'm from Newcastle, England, and I just want to thank you for sending me that personalized video. I watched your journey from bottom to top to bottom and back up again. 
You're a hero. You save people like me, people you don't even know. Thank you, Jake. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, guys. Jake is out here as living proof of what perseverance is, and he can pass that message on to you if you need a little help and inspiration, or if you're just looking to get a holiday message, if you want some birthday wishes, or if you just want Jake to cut a promo on you or roast you or whatever you're looking for, Jake does it, and he does it better than pretty much anybody else on cameo go look at the other reviews if you don't believe me jake is awesome at this and if you're a lifelong fan you've got to get a cameo from him again it's cameo.com slash jake snake go and order yours right now winter is here it's getting cold but we've got you covered on the snake pit page at boxofgimmicks.com we've got a great selection of mugs for your hot cocoa or cider or coffee or whatever you're looking for and better yet we've got some awesome stylish hoodies and sweatshirts to help you fight that cold weather We've also got some snake pit wrapping paper, a Santa hat, and even a Jake the Snake ornament. Everything you need, and you're going to love the throwback style we have. And it's a really great way to support our show. Again, that's the snake pit page at boxofgimmicks.com. Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at snake pit pod for short clips from our show highlights and some exclusive content. As I mentioned, guys, we've got that YouTube exclusive episode to give even more of the story behind WCCW featuring baby doll. And it's coming out here this Friday. Do not miss it. I'm telling you, she tells some great stories. She gives insight like nobody you've ever heard. And it's it's really going to make for an awesome complimentary piece to what we did here today. Um, we also recently did a giveaway for subscribers over there, and we're going to continue to do those occasionally, so don't miss out. Like, subscribe, hit the notifications bell there right now. Again, it's youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. Also, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please do Jake and I a favor. It takes you just a minute and makes a huge difference for Jake and I. Like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're using. That helps Jake and I out with advertisers and helps us to keep the show going. Just a reminder, you can get The Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It starts at just $9 a month, which if you do the math, that is less than 15 cents an episode each month. Plus, there's tons of bonus content. You get interactive chats with your favorite hosts and wrestling personalities and much more. By the way, we just dropped another mailbag edition of the Hacksaw Hour over there. And Jim is taking questions from ad-free shows members like only he can. He is hilarious. He's such a character. And he's got unbelievable insight in wrestling after nearly 50 years in the business. Go and check it out now. Head over to adfreeshows.com today and get signed up. Catch Jake on X at Jake Snake DDT on Instagram at Jake the Snake DDT and on Facebook at Real Jake the Snake. You can follow me at Marcus P D'Angelo on X and you can follow the podcast at Snake Pit Pod on all social media platforms. Guys, this was an absolute blast looking back to Jake's days in WCCW. I mean, really a part of his career that barely, barely gets talked about ever. And we're going to look to continue that here coming up on the show with parts of Jake's career that, you know, don't get talked about often enough while also sprinkling in some WWF stuff and things that you know we're all familiar with. I want to tell the whole story about Jake and his history and we're doing it right here on The Snake Pit.